So everybody, I'll probably just introduce myself, introduce our guest of honor. Uh, I am Ryan Doz. I am currently the co-host. Uh, co You're on the co-host. <laughs> wow, that's loud. <laughs> I am the host of uh, Across the Bifrost. It's a Mighty Thor podcast, and we had Alyssa on our show earlier this year to talk about Alligator Loki. Who's read Alligator Loki on, uh, oh, we need to get more people into. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I'm gonna just throw, throw it to uh, Will here real quick and then I'll introduce our guest. All right, hey, I'm Will Rose. I am often on Across the Bifrost with Ryan and uh, we do talk about Thor. There's a transition going on, moving into a uh, superpower happy hour where we get a favorite beverage and a snack. We talk about a favorite comic book. Have a lot of fun. We're big fans. Uh, mostly positive about all things in comics. We love it so much and love Alyssa's work. And when we had a conversation uh, a few months back, um, Alyssa shared uh, some favorite snacks. And one was like spicy peanuts. And so, boom. We couldn't find, uh, we couldn't find the ghost pepper ones that you said. But no, that's, that's, that's that good. And then you said a root beer is fine. So, you know, whether it's now or later or tonight, whenever. Uh, snacks for you. And uh, we're big fans of your work. Some big things have come out in the past. We have a book that debuted last week that's super rad and we're really excited about. And so we're going to talk about um, Captain Marvel. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, Alyssa, do you want to just introduce yourself to your, your adoring public? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, also, let me know if this mic plays or where I was supposed to a really cool mic. I'm a little bit nervous about this talking. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So, hi, I'm Alyssa Wong. Um, I write comics. I am writing Captain Marvel. I also write Dr. Afra, Alligator Loki, Short Fiction. Um, yeah, that's, that's me. Oh, and, and Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. We do have Deadpool watching us. So, uh, everybody, here's kind of how a superpower happy hour works. Now, I, I won't lie. This is kind of a proof of concept. Because this will come out as, what you're listening to right now will come out as an episode zero of an entire new show. So, could, couldn't think of anybody better. <laughs> yeah, this is like, if you could like autograph a podcast, you would want this one as like your number one, I guess? Or like an alpha? Uh, so, we're going to talk about this book, which, who's gone out and gotten Captain Marvel number one? Everybody, you got to go pick up this book. It's so good. And I mean, the author is here, so why wouldn't you want to get it signed? And like, yeah, come, uh, come get the book, come get it signed. I'm in Artist Alley. I'm like table uh, two hundred one, like a two hundred one. So like, I'm right by the door. Come find me. Get yourself signed. And you got like you've got trades for sale. Um, yes, we have trades for Doctor Afra. Um, like basically every trade that's come out for Doctor Afra, um, starting from twenty twenty. Uh, we have a Deadpool trade. We have an Iron Fist trade. Uh, we are unfortunately sold out of DC Pride. Um, and yeah, and uh, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that was um, a great book. Thank you. But we've also got Spirit World number ones if you want to give Spirit World a shot. Um, and if you have stuff you want me to sign that you're bringing from home, like, come find me. So everybody, that's what you should be doing after this panel. But... We're going to talk a little bit about Carol Danvers, talk about what, what she's up to nowadays, and uh, then we're actually going to hop in a time machine and go back to 1976 
And we're going to talk a little bit about Miss Marvel number one, the first heroic adventure of Carol Danvers. And, you know, get a little perspective. <laughs> it's a little different. Uh, and uh, you did your homework. You were so prepared. Like, what, like was that a, um, like a masterpiece collection you had earlier? Um, I'm trying to remember. I have this, uh, I have this trade paperback of Captain Marvel. Are you standing, by the way? Okay, good, good, good. Um, yeah, so I have a straight paperback. Um, I asked a very nice uh, ultimate comic. I was like, hey, if you could recommend one trade paperback in Captain Marvel, what would it be? And they were like, I got you. Here's like a sampling. Um, so I was, I was reading it uh, some time ago, or actually many, many months ago, as part of my research, because I always want to know where things come from in addition to where they are now. Um, I think the first Miss Marvel story is hilarious. It's so good. That, oh, there it is. We're on. Part of my question was, in terms of preparation for Captain Marvel number one that just came out last week, how much research did you do? How What's your relationship to this character prior to being asked to write this? And then what was your preparation to write this? How, how was the sausage made? I mean, this is such a tricky question because it's, it's different for every project. But for me, when I think about who Captain Marvel is as a person, I always think of Carol as this, like, unstoppable force like she's so mm -hmm. she's so intense as a person and anybody who knows me knows that intense characters are my favorite um <laughs> so she's you know she's brave she's intense she has a mission she's gonna get it done um and it might not make everybody happy but it's gonna get done and right. and i re i respect that as a person i respect that yeah. um in terms of research um i've i've just been reading everything i can get my hands on um but again a tip that I got, I'm trying to remember from whom, but a tip I got was if you are trying to research a character who has decades and decades of history, one thing that can be really helpful is you find like the most iconic TM story from for this character. Um, so like, for example, Iron Fist was like Fraction Brubaker, stuff like that. How could you not? Right. Yeah. So you read that. Um, and I mean, I think the Captain Marvel iconic story is pretty... Is pretty obvious um, coming off of this legendary run. So can I follow up with that real quick? Yeah. Kelly Thompson gets done with, like, how do you follow up an iconic run? And not not saying like obviously you've, you you you're just beginning, but how do you go into mentality wise? I mean that's so hard because a lot of it is imposter syndrome, right? You're like you know you're coming off of something that is so defining, and you're like, how do I? How do I follow that up, as you said? And I think that that question is actually a trap because what you need to do is you have to build something that honors what came before you, but it has to be something that is completely yours. Um, so I'm never going to be able to write that same Captain Marvel. Like, I'm never going to be able to write like, hearing Gillen's Dr. Afra. You know, like all these things are beautiful and amazing on their own. And so I've discovered taking the reins from various people along the way in different projects, the only way to go forward is to like read that and not like forget it, <laughs> but, um, but like you're not trying to, you're not trying to do the same thing where it's like my cut, like you're a cover band, like my cover of uh, like this yeah. iconic yeah. run. You yeah. have to do something that feels true to you and what you're thinking about what you love. Yeah. So the opportunity comes to do this book and we, we, when we talked earlier this year on Across the Bifrost about Alligator Loki, we talked a little bit about Deadpool. 
And our, our mutual friend, Martin Cocolo, was one of the people on that. Joe Sabino is on that book, and uh, Niraj Manan is on that book. So th- th- that team, that team is so lovely. When did you know who was going to be on this book with you? Like Jan Basil Dua is on this book. Jen Bartel designed the new fresh look. So like your, your impressions of like, oh, I get like, how did you receive that information of who you're going to get to play in this sandbox with? Um, well, I think that for me, every time I heard like, every time like my editor, Sarah was like, oh, we're thinking of this person. We're thinking of this person. What do you think? I was always like, yes, 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 yes. Um, and Sarah's, I mean, Sarah's an incredible team builder. So she's the one who pulled us all together. And I feel I, every day I feel lucky that I get to work with people who are this amazing. Yeah, when you when you read comics, sometimes we we read the comics because we love the character, we love the action, we love the superhero. But but if you look at that that page, the creator's page, there's a lot of names on there. Whether it's the editors and the the letters and the colorists and the and the artists, there's a whole team that comes together that goes and puts this this book together that eventually becomes an episodic serial storytelling that goes from month to month and eventually is created in a trade. Oh, and here we have, yeah, legacy number, what does that say? Am I reading? 185. So, so then you have like, it's a number one, but this is 185 and there's going to be, go on. What, in terms of your team, you're like, yeah, what, what's, uh, it can't seem like what's in store, but, but in terms of the map laid out, how do you guys plot that along? What, what, what is the process of, communication between the two? How long is this going to go? What, how long are you going to be on this book? I have so many questions. Oh my God. <laughs> and, I, okay. and, I, and I might even be able to answer some of them. Some uh, <laughs> of them. Yeah, I expect that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, okay. I'm trying to pick one question. Let me okay, think. all right. Uh, okay, so when we talk story, uh, it starts with me and the editorial team. Okay. Um, so like Sarah came to me and was like, would you like to write Marvel. I was like, absolutely I want to write Captain Marvel. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, she brought up the idea of using the Negabands um, to go all the way old school, old yeah. school, old school Captain Marvel. Like, what do they look like today? Like, what is, what's that story going to be? Um, so we talked about that. We talked about, char- I talked about like characters I might want to create. Um, we had a sort mm-hmm. of, basically all the story workshopping stuff happens up front. Um, and it goes back and forth between us until we're like, okay, this is really solid. And then it's like we bring more people on board so that we have a really clear direction and we're just like pushing forward. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm like, all I've got are story ideas. I've got words. I've got script stuff. But it doesn't feel real to me until all of the elements start coming in. So, like, when we start getting designs for, like, Yuna Young or, like, The Omen, um, who are both new characters for this run, that's when I was like, oh, my God, it's real. <laughs> Like, I made that. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I've been working on this for months and suddenly it feels real. And that's really, really cool and special. So, okay, so you mentioned two parts of the new book that I really, really want to talk about, Yuna and The Omen, who are, again, I, I'm probably going to say this a few more times. If you haven't read the book, please go read the book because these two characters make such a big impression in the first issue, not only with Carol, because we're, we're finding out who Alyssa Wong's Carol Danvers is, but we're also... Read us, you know, we're, we're for discovering for the first time who Yuna is and who the Omen is. So, and I already have my theories on these characters. It's crazy. Will and I, I am I am staying at Will's house, and we, <laughs> we're like, we woke up early this morning. I'm I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I already have theories. I always I already have fan theories about it. 
I'm like, oh, what? I haven't had my job yet. Come on. What's up? <laughs> Like I was a bit, I was a bit of a diva about that, <laughs> but like, I these characters are they feel so fresh. But having read enough of your writing, they feel so you though. <laughs> and so I, I was wondering if you could maybe just let's start with Yuna, I guess. Like yeah. the inspiration for this character, what what she brings to this new, you know, Captain Marvel wave. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like something that I always think about when. I'm taking on a book is like, yes, this is a Captain Marvel book. Who is, but who are all the people around her? Um, and like, who can I pull in from like iconic runs? Who are people that are important to her past? But also like, based on the story that I want to tell, who are the people who need to be here to make that happen? Um, and so two big things was like, who is the villain for this run? Um, and what does that, like, what does that character need to look like? Um, and also who is, uh, the sidekick is not quite the right term, but like who, who are the people on her team? Um, and of course, because this is always something I think about, I'm like, and how are they going to make her life like really difficult for her? Um, we learned that really early. In this yeah. Um, so I guess this is a little bit spoilery for the issue, but, um, like for me, I'm like, who is someone who can take on Captain Marvel? if her powers are energy-based and she's just got big old energy blasts and like her whole thing is energy. If you have somebody who can just take that off the board, that's interesting to me. Um, and I mean, she's still amazing, but you want someone who like rolls up and in that very first encounter, you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh, we're in it now. And that is, that's what I was thinking about with the Omen has the ability to absorb um, any energy that Carol throws at her and it just like vanishes, where it's going is a good question. And we're going to find Ooh. out more about that as the run goes on. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. So with, with the, the, the Negabands. Yes. I, I kind of figured that Yuna was kind of like the Rick Jones to Carol's Marvel. Was yeah. that am I I'm I'm assuming I'm near the the heart of that idea. Yeah. I, we were talking about like in terms of allies, we were talking about pairing Carol up with like a civilian character. Um because I think one thing that happens with a lot of superhero comics is like everybody's got these wild powers and that's exciting, but also what about the people who are just there, you know? What are the people who can't regenerate or don't turn into giant green green people, you know, like things like that. Um, and I think that surrounding Carol with a bunch of like incredible superheroes, I mean, we've got that in Avengers. Right, I mean, she's leading the Avengers right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, let's, you know, let's let's talk about who the, I feel bad saying normal people, but like, let's talk about who like the civilians are. Um, and so for Yuna, I was like, for me with the Negabands, they link Carol to somebody else. Yeah. So I'm like, who's the worst person Carol could end up handcuffed to, basically? Um, and because Carol is leader of the Avengers, I was like, there are two options here. One is we could go with someone who's like a really sweet, shy, like good person. Yeah. And the other option is we go with a criminal. So let's go criminal. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't read Deadpool, that's pretty spot on. So I... To kind of like bring a little bit of our like our current conversation before we jump in, we jump in our time machine and go back to 1976 and get into that wildness. Um, 
oftentimes people's runs on books are kind of defined by a theme. And I, I, I know we'll probably discover this theme. I feel like I always end up writing about whatever I'm thinking about at the time. Um, I think it's a little, and again, like you said, as the more I write, the more I discover what the theme actually is. Okay. Um, so when I was doing Iron Fist, um, we had a character, uh, Swordmaster, whose whole like identity as a person and his like familial identity and his like quest was all wrapped up in this big magic sword. Um, that like the only thing he can use, I know, right? I'm thinking about it too. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, it's like the family like legacy yeah. kind of stuff. It's like his before, like he's basically like a League, League of Legends player. Um, <laughs> but he's just like a guy with a he's a guy with a big magic sword that he's and he's like this is the only, the sword is my only connection to my family. I have to use it to like fight evil and stuff. Anyway. Iron Fist opens with the death of Swordmaster, the sword shatters, um, and the pieces are embedded in his hands. Um, and so, and he ends up becoming Iron Fist. And so as he's learning to be Iron Fist, he's facing a number of things, which is like, can I be Swordmaster without the sword? Have I let everybody down? Like, how do I become Iron Fist? And the way that I became Iron Fist was different from everybody's, everybody else's. Do I deserve this? And does that matter? So those are all things that I was thinking about, but didn't quite discover until I was in it writing it. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I was thinking about identity and like pain and a lot of things like that. So that's another part of what Iron Fist is about. You didn't ask me here to talk about Iron Fist, but oh, what no. I will say. Here's the thing. They're here to see you. <laughs> so it's like, if Iron Fist is what we need to talk about, I mean, we can we can steer in that direction. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think that you know, with with Captain Marvel, we're just starting out, um, and I do know what this is going to be. But every that I write of anything always surprises me, no matter how much I plan things out. Yeah. Um, the subconscious stuff will always pop up, and if I write an outline. And I'm going through the issue writing, and I'm like, that's not right. I'll just change it. I'm like, here's here's what here's how it ends. Like, this is what it needs to be. So, I mean, I think Captain Marvel. That's already happened a few times. Captain Marvel uh, outline. So, figuring out like what it's actually going to be is is an ongoing process. Would it just be fair to say that you are like we will find the themes like. The theme will find us at some point. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the art of storytelling. Like, how many here have your own stories or hope to be a story writer someday or do your, your other stories? Yeah, look at that. And so here's an inspiration of, like, Bonafide Storyteller. And so I think that's good for, for creators and storytellers of their own to know that not to be locked into their complete outline, but the story itself is a living story that evolves and breathes and changes depending on your experience and how you're writing that story and as it goes. It's, it's an ongoing process of becoming. And so I think I think that is good for creators and storytellers to hear too, as an example from you who is in the business and a, and a bonafide storyteller. So any other kind of tricks or, or wisdom you give to storytellers and creators out there in terms of where they are or, or who they hope to be one day? What's what's a little nugget of wisdom there? What's the secret sauce in terms of, of storytelling? Or for you personally that may Everybody has their own story, but but in terms of for you, best I think the best advice I can give to people who 
you know, who are writing, who are writers, who want to write things, is find the thing that you love mm. and chase it. Because if you're writing what everyone, what you think everybody else wants you to write, you're losing. Mm. I think that for me, I was like, I like horror, I like messy people. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I like stories about intense emotions. I like stories about intense people. So everything I write is going to be anchored in these things because that's the stuff I love and that's who I am. And so, you know, writing Captain Marvel, like this book is going to be, <laughs> yeah, this book's going to be very different from anybody else who's writing Captain Marvel because we're people. And the things that, have, that we are obsessed with, that we love, um, they're all going to be. I think that if you chase what you love, your stories are going to be so much more passionate and true because they are what they need to be rather than what you think they need to be, like what everyone else thinks that they need to be. Love that. Should we get in the time machine? I think it's time. I think it's time. Okay, everybody. We are going back to the mid-70s. We are in the heart of the Bronze Age. A lot of female-led solo titles. Editorial had this like security sidekick named Carol Danvers. What if we, and of course I'm made them like the editorial meeting. I'm sure it was a lot different. But they're like, what if Carol Danvers takes on all the, the powers of Marvel and we do Marvel number one? I, I, I'm just curious, who has read Miss Marvel number one? Okay, I'm not gonna lie, a lot more hands than I thought we would get. <laughs> So, this comic, a tag team, a synopsis, and then we can kind of just. And by the way, this is like to 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 understand the legacy of the character. Sometimes it really helps to go back to the foundation where we began. And like Melissa said, there's been so much to boil it down. You know, 105, you know, legacy numbered issues. That's not counting Avengers. That's not counting like side limited series. This is where. Her solo heroic adventure began, and it kind of begins similarly to another Marvel, another legacy character, Peter Parker. Almost every part of this issue has some connection to Peter Parker. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that is like, hey, Spidey's super popular. Maybe we like we'll get Mary Jane in there. Peter Parker will make a you know quick little jump cut in. We'll fight the Scorpion. J. Jonah Jameson will show up. Like when when we're introducing a new character into their solo series, is there like a, is there a benefit to that or like tying them to a pre-existing thing? I mean, I, I think there definitely is. Um, you're never gonna show up for Spider-Man, then maybe that's for your character as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, so I think there's definitely, definitely that angle. Um, I was just happy to see Mary Jane. <laughs> that was good. They, they have a- she does. She does. So yeah, it starts with like the the cover is an amazing cover. There's like bold new superheroine um, in the tradition of Spider-Man. They just don't um, they don't even like beat around the bush. You're like it's in the same tradition. If you Spider-Man, you're gonna love this book. And and they immediately um, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel's York are like, wow, a flying woman. What a wonder of a woman. What a wonder. <laughs> And wow, this girl is, and uh, wow, punch She's a super girl. And look, she picked up a car and crashed it on these robbers. She's strong. But then she also has this uh, seventh sense that can see. And I don't know how that, has that disappeared? 
that it's almost like a spidey sense as a precog. I don't know. I can see what's going on, know what's happening, but the seventh sense that somehow she got is a big part of these first couple issues of, of Miss Marvel. Is that something that's still there? It's not really energy-based. It's kind of like super strength and flight and seventh sense, but what? I what? will fully admit uh, I, I, I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not... Weird. It's it's not an R run, um, but also I feel like it's really hard to write characters who are kind of like I know what's going on. I'm like, great, but how? Please tell me how. <laughs> and also, please tell me how to keep secrets from you, because that's always the trick. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you've read Miss Marvel number one from 1976, you know we just make her pass out at times that are convenient to the plot. And she, like, oh, I got a, a I've got another migraine. I'll bet we're about to transform into Miss Marvel. Like, did, as a writer, someone who's plotting, you know, stories all the time, did that feel as clunky to you as it felt to me? It's very old school. <laughs> it's very old school. I mean, I think I was I was reading I was rereading this issue earlier today, um, and and I love it. It is so pulpy. Um, you get that like, like narration over the top, like Miss Marvel like flies across, like flies in the city. Uh, silent and deadly. And then like um, the Daily Bugle, like the, the Daily Bugle like stretches in front of her and she smashes through one of the windows and then you get like her smashing through the window and the people inside are like, wow, a flying woman. Um, so <laughs> there's actually a moment I, in, in that specific moment where like, well, someone is like, oh my God, a flying woman. And someone else is like, oh my God. Spider-Man's hanging out here now. This flying chick, like, what is going on? This is a lot. <laughs> right, as if they've they haven't been in New York for a long time. Like, yeah, yeah. superheroes just a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I do love that we get to see jo J. Jonah Jameson in this because she works for the Daily Bugle. In this, she is the okay. How what's a what's a 2023 way of like making sound good? She is the editor of a woman's magazine called Woman. She, she is. And, and J. Jonah Jameson's like, we've been neglecting our magazine department for a long time. So, you know, like, ah, okay, we'll give you a shit. And then she barters with him for her salary. He's like, 20,000. No, not going to happen. 22. No, not going to happen. She gets him all the way up to 30,000, which I'm not sure what the conversion rate is. But like, she, she plays J. Jonah Jameson's game and he's this blowhard, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, I... I've been ignoring this for a long time. Actually gets what she wants it, mm -hmm. in the end. I mean, it, what did you think of her treatment like as a woman in the 70s, like trying to live in J. Jonah Jameson's kind of hyper-masculine dominant world? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was a, it's always a pleasure to see J. Jonah Jameson get his ass handed to him. But um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love that she rolled in. First, I was like, oh, God, it is a magazine called Women. It is about <laughs> women. Uh, it is for women. And he was neglecting all of our content. There need to be, like, diet tips and fashion it's things. It's true. 100% that's in the book. <laughs> and she's like, okay, but you want your first expose to be about Miss, like, this flying lady? Like, where is that supposed to fall under fashion? And um, the way, like, as you said, you mentioned her, like, bargaining salary bargaining and I love that she sticks to her guns and she's like you're gonna pay me this money only you were gonna pay me this money he's like I don't know she's like no you are um and you know that's kind of her approach throughout the entire like her entire workplace like arc in that one issue um she's 
I love her. I think she she's great. She doesn't back down. She's powerful in a way that I feel like can be really empowering if you're like, wow, I work with a bunch of really scummy and this is like a boys club. Um, <laughs> yeah. I always want to believe that we've like grown out of that, but it's not true. We haven't. Hmm. Um, I was at a creative meeting for a project um, fairly recently and I was like, there are no women in this room. Where, where are they? Like what, how did this happen? I think that even though this is from the seventies, it does still resonate. Um, mm -hmm. So there's so much funny stuff in this issue though. Sorry, no, I don't want to skip no ahead. I mean, it, it is like classic 70s fight, boom, bow, pow, sound effects um, and things. But in terms of the relationship with the score, a super uh, Spider-Man rogues, rogues gallery villain. But, but Scorpion has a vendetta against Jameson and kidnaps. And then her seventh sense is like, I sense something's wrong. I need to go find. They are looking for, where are they? You know, oh, there they are. I come down. Um, but yeah, in, in the irony or, or, or the twist, Jameson, who really like, Heroes, superhero Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel, they're nemesis to the to um, the the city. She saves him and brings him back. So there's of a hero is gonna save you, even though I know what you think of of me. Yeah, I do I do love that. I love that about as a choice here. Um I also love that battle with the scorpion, um, who in my head is just a guy in a suit with a like a, a tail. Giant tail. Giant tail. Like, yeah, like yeah. It, this is not like this is not like modern Scorpion where he's got like the the Scorpion stinger on the. It's just a club. Yeah, it's just it's it's like it's, a very hard it's like a very hard pool noodle um, <laughs> stuck to his butt. Like uh, much better description. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong though? No, you're not because at one point he's like, "Hair, have my tail," and he just like whacks someone in the head with it. It's, it's go weird. read Bronze Age comics, by the way. Like they're absolute bat crap in. Yes, you have to you have to read this one specifically because it has one of my favorite parts in any comic ever. Oh, do tell. Um, so, so like the whole like, she's got that classic amnesia thing where she's like, I don't remember what happened to me. Uh, I have all these blackouts and migraines, and then suddenly things are happening. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so then she like switch identities when she has her migraines, and right. Miss and Miss Marvel's like, I don't know what happened to me. I've got amnesia, and so she's going through this whole like. And she's telling us all this. She's like, I don't remember anything, but I do know that I have these powers and it's amazing, but I wish I knew who I was. Meanwhile, she's fighting the scorpion as all this is going on. He's like, lady, what are you what? doing? <laughs> he's so confused. Yeah, she's got him by the, by the pool noodle tail and she's like hauling him around and he's like, lady, what are you doing? And she's like, what, do I, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm winning, and she flings him. It's like my favorite. It's one of my favorite moments in comics. She simultaneously she's trying to save Jameson from being dropped into, of course, a pool of acid. <laughs> this is like you know I want I want sharks with freaking laser beams on their head, uh, so but good. she just like throws him through the side of this vat of acid. She does not care. No, because. It, it's it's Looney Tunes. Like it's it's so, it's so weird. Um, and it, it's so good. So again, we're go read this, and then go read. Do you, which way? If people haven't read either, which which reading order would you recommend? God, this is so hard. I I don't know because, I mean, because the nineteen seventies one is just so it's 
it's so perfect as what it is. Like, I love it so much. But I am like, if you read this, your needs will be fulfilled. You won't need to read this. So, so read mine first and then read the other one. I, I will say, I, I read, I, I, I reread the Miss Marvel number one from the 70s, and I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> and then I read this, and there's a few panels here, I'm like, holy shit. Like, earlier, I, well, okay, this, you guys, like, talk amongst yourself for a second. That part I told you about earlier, the when the once the one guy, and then you do the other thing. I'm surprised I got away with it too. That's Legitimately shocked. But then, I, I, as I told you earlier, then I remembered, oh, so the same crazy person that did Deadpool. That's true. That's me. I, was am, like, I am that guy. Brief aside, can you just like really quick tell them what the pitch for Deadpool was? Because I beautifully said. Okay. So, so, okay. So, yeah, Deadpool is, um, my Deadpool run is 10 issues. Uh, first trade paperback came out. It is a body horror rom-com. Um, yeah, it is a body horror rom-com. Uh, Deadpool is auditioning to join uh, a very glamorous, very exclusive um, organization of assassins uh, called the Atelier. Um, and in order to join the Atelier, he has 48 hours to kill Doc Ock, and that's his final test. And he's like, great, that assassin over there is so, so hot. I'm going to do this. I'm going to impress the hell out of them. Um, so that's actually why he's doing it. Um, and uh, partway through this, he gets kidnapped by the harrower who is uh, this like biofusion, biofission uh, Um And she's like, hey girl, hey, I, uh, I have this chunk of carnage and I've implanted it in you and I'm gonna see if I can grow a new kite of you. Um, so you just say put, and he's like, well, this is really fascinating, but I have, I'm on a timeline. I gotta impress this cutie, I gotta go. So. It is this madcap adventure. Like I said, it is a rom-com. It is very body horror. Um, and it's pretty. It's like uh, if, if, if When Harry Met Sally met like the Alien franchise. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Or at least that, that's, that was my read on it. And the, the art, the art's pretty good. The art's pretty good. Stunning. Go, go read anything Martin Cocolo has done. Shameless plug. He is an amazing um, so quick, back to our time machine, back to, we'll jump in a TARDIS and go back to 1976. Was there anything from that book that you were like, oh, maybe this could help me out for, for where I personally want to take my modern take on the character? Or were you like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to go do my thing. Well, a little bit of both, because I think when I read that, I think taking over any book especially with like a very well-known love beloved character it's like how do i it, it's scary it's daunting it's like do i have to measure up to this and then i read the first cat the first miss marvel and i was like oh this is just fun like let's just like i don't have to worry about anything let, let's just go mm -hmm. um so it really helped me in that sense i didn't like i i did not unfortunately steal a bunch of stuff from it um but <laughs> i thought for me knowing that I was like, here's evidence that there have been a whole bunch of different takes on this character, and I can play. I can just go play and do it safely, and it's fun. Cool. So when you get to legacy number 197, you can bring back since and see what happens. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing it. I'm bringing back seven cents. Yeah, some passing out. Um, all right. So I think we have a little bit of time for for some some questions. We had about ten more minutes. If it's okay to do some 
So we have a, a question, knowing that we limited time. There's something you want to list, uh, what is, is there something that's on your mind in terms of, uh, and um, what's coming down the road? I know there's a big movie coming out next week that has a very big character in it. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. Right that long. <laughs> yeah, right here. Behind, yep. Uh, so the question was, you know, in terms of uh, Captain Marvel X books, will Miss Marvel make a cameo or bringing that character in to whatever story you have in mind? I mean, that is, there's only so much I can say. But what I will say is that she's such a huge of, like, Carol's story. And I wanted to make sure that this felt like something, like, brand new. I also kind of was like, she's got a lot going on right now. And mm -hmm. I want to give her all of the space and runway that she needs to be able to do whatever she needs to do for her own story. So she's not in the opening, she's not in the first issue, and she's not in the opening arc um, because I wanted to give like all the books involved, including um, Kamala's to like do what needs to be done. Um, but I do love her. So. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what they do with her in the movie and the fact that they are in making her a mutant and the limited series she has going right now, she is a mutant. They are back. Uh, Krakoa, they resurrect. You know, kind of got, got some stuff. Got some stuff going on. Great question. Others? Joshua? Okay, so Joshua asks... Uh, characters. Is there a character out there you haven't written yet, or is someone on the horizon later on that if you're like really love to tackle that character? Does it have to be only Marvel? No, it could be anything. Okay. Any, any wide universe. No. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, no. I got I got some I got some answers. I think for Marvel, Loki. I would love to write Loki. Um, for DC, for DC, actually Red Hood. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. I would really, I'd really <laughs> like. That. I I would really like that. I think Red Hood is really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want like a, I was gonna say, if you want like a good boy gone bad, like full of trauma, um, it's like cat to me. It's like, it's <laughs> like that. I love that so much. It's like mm, I can smell the damage. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good awesome smell the damage that's the name of this podcast <laughs> smell the damage <laughs> now you have to do that welcome to happy superpower happy hours i can smell can the damage smell the can you damage? smell the damage i can smell the damage that's so good uh any other questions out there yes sir right there Hmm. That's so tricky. Um, because sometimes yes, but also I feel like so when I'm writing something based on something that I'm thinking about first, um, and then as I continue to write through it, it becomes more and more obvious. Only after I'm talking with somebody, usually my spouse, about the stuff I'm working on. Um, and I think that in some ways it is therapeutic. Like, oh, these things I've been thinking about, they're I'm bringing them into the light to look at them and, and move them and do with them and change shape. That's interesting. It's also exhausting. Um, so 
it's one of those things where if I write something, especially short fiction, really emotionally uh, concentrated and intense, I'm like wiped out for three days after. So um, yeah, so I guess the answer is, I guess technically therapeutic in the sense that yeah, unearthing things that I didn't know were there and also also I'm after. So. <laughs> Do you find that you have to like faint for a while and then become your alter ego? <laughs> Oh my god, maybe that's why I'm so tired. I have migraines all the time. <laughs> I knew that felt familiar. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I just wanted to quick follow up on something uh, you said earlier about the, you know, we're talking about creative process and how you work with other people and what that is like when, you, when you're in that room and you notice there are no women in this room. To have a team that you have, you're a part of, doing this book, again, go buy it, get it signed. Do you take special pride in the fact that your team, like, it's a different type of team. It's not, it's not that room. Yeah, it's, it's special. It's really, it's really special. And I always notice, um, I think getting the chance to work on a book where the core team, all of us are queer, is really special. Wow. Um, and getting to work on a team where, like, majority of us are women is also really special. Um, and, and part of it is that you just don't have to fight through, like, you don't have to explain some things, like, you can just do it, because everyone is on the same page already, like, you don't have to explain why this suggestion that someone made is misogynistic, you just, they just get it, you know? We just, we know. We know. And so I feel like you can always see it in the work, too, um, when a team is really gelling, like, they feel, what you, what you make feels organic, and it feels cohesive and it feels enthusiastic and excited. And that's my favorite stuff. And I, and I just wanted to, like, I definitely, a few more questions. I just wanted to pick up on that thread because I felt like it was an important thread that I, I just wanted to tie up a little bit and get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, any other uh, questions? I did. Oh, uh, thank you. My, um, yeah, my very first comics job was uh, co-writing backup stories with Greg Pak um, about Wave and Arrow. Um, in the Arrow series, so that was really fun. Um, I love those characters, they'll always be special to me, and I would love to return to them someday. You have a little bit of a connection with Greg Pak. Yeah. <laughs> was, wasn't it that connection that kind of got the foot in the door? Yeah, so I was writing short fiction, and um, I was actually, I was writing short fiction, and I was working at Blizzard writing for Overwatch, um, and Greg called me and was like, hey, I read some of your short fiction, I love it, I love the way you write about family, I'm looking for a co-writer for these back of stories. Do you want to be my co-writer? And I was like, yeah, let's go. So <laughs> I feel like that's actually what I say most of the time. Yeah, let's go. Um, I feel like when Greg Pak asks, like, hey, do you want to you like, hang out and write some stories? You, you say yes. You absolutely like, yeah. say yes. You, of course you say yes. Uh, I, I saw another hand back there, and I, I will get to you next, sir. That, are, you, are you sure? Okay. All oh, the, my gosh. All, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> It's um, it's writing, it's writing checks, and eventually they gotta get cashed. So um, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like being really enthusiastic about every project I do is the thing that helps push me through it. So even when I'm tired and I'm just like, why did I say yes to this? Oh God, the deadline's in three hours. I'm like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> Well, some, sometimes the turnaround times are wild for these things, but wow. like, um, but I think it's the enthusiasm that carries me through. So 
yes, I definitely have times where I'm like, probably should not have said, all right, let's go to that. But I can't undo, that was several months ago and I can't undo it now, so. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of deadlines, we are running up to hours for this Sorry. panel. And I just wanted to thank everybody for, for coming out and hanging out with Alyssa, having a, having a, a drink and kind of a conversation with us. Cheers, everybody. Hey, and while, while we still have a mic, do you want to tell people, like, um, if you're doing anything else this weekend for the panels? or um, I don't really know what your schedule is the rest of the weekend. So where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in Artist Alley. I'm at table 201. I'm like right by the door across from here. Um, so come find me, get your stuff signed. I have uh, Afro trade paperbacks. I have Deadpool trade paperbacks, Iron Fist trade paperbacks, um, and uh, issues like issue number one of Spirit World, which is like the brand new uh, DC mini that just wrapped up. It is one of my favorite things I have ever written. Yeah. Okay, um, I went and got all the stuff, guys. And that's uh, it's got a, it's got a, uh, it's got a brand new lead uh, character who's non-binary, um, and it's also got Constantine and Cassandra Kane, that girl, my favorite, my Ooh. favorite girl. Um, so yeah, come find me. I have a panel tomorrow at three o'clock in the Armory with a um, viewer Richardson. Is I think so. Okay, and so. and she's right next to you in a, an amazing uh, cosplay. So if, good. If you go see Alyssa. Go see the table right next to her as well. I mean, just that, it's incredible. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. It, it was so nice to get to hang out again. And like, we invited a few people. It was kind of fun. Um, thank, thank you for hanging out with us. Everybody, if, if, if you're done checking out all of Alyssa's stuff, if you want to check out my stuff, go like. Do it. Instagram, uh, I just switched over our Across the Bifrost account to Many Paths Official. L is missing right now. I'm getting, I'm working on getting the L back. Um, I didn't time it well. Um, and so if you want to check out stuff that I'm doing, podcasts that I get to be a part of and get to host and hang out with uh, amazing people like Alyssa, check that out and uh, all the information you need will be right there. And thank you all. You're all so lovely. Thank you for your amazing, amazing questions and everything. Have a great rest of the con.